The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and drift. The champ is here. The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. He is the DB of the show, and we are Black in Sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing it all, while providing a platform to be heard. All right, so you know what we do. Got to get right into it, okay? So we want to welcome our guest, two-time Super Bowl champion with the pit. Should I say my Pittsburgh Steelers? With the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, exactly. All right. Go ahead. Say it with your chest. Say, say it with, with your chest. chest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 10 plus seasons in the NFL, Orlando, Florida born, okay? He's been protecting the blind size and he cut his chops, all right, becoming a gator. And now this giant on the field is a giant up, off the field, climbing up the ladder, man. You can hear him everywhere, all right, as a game day analyst. Please, please, please clap it up for Maximilian W. Starks the fourth. Clap it up. Wow. <laughs> it was a whole government out there and everything. Okay. <laughs> well, we give out the social security number on here. <laughs> man. Hey, man, appreciate you, man. We go back, man. So love seeing you when I get to see you, man, uh, bringing back those good old days on my time in Pittsburgh. But, man, how we start this show, because it's about you and it's about our audience, man. So how we start the shows, we like a shoot your shot moment, man. This could have been any time in your life, man. It could have been, you know, high school, college today but just a moment in time where you shot your shot man you you went for it all it could have been a, a, a win or it could have been a lesson right so please give our audience that shoot your shot moment all right well i guess i have to look back i, I think my big shoot your shot moment probably happened um in college right i mean um you know because you don't understand like kind of where you're at you know i was learning about the blessed it was like my junior year and you know i got in a great grade as far as coming out as a junior in the draft and, you know, I shot my shot to stay in school for one more year, you know, and, and stay and try and honor a promise I made to my grandmother that I was going to get my degree before I left. And even though I went through that year and became a one class short, <laughs> you know, I still <laughs> shot my shot. Um, you know, I ended up going in the third round to the Steelers and it was the best blessing that could have happened because of everything that transpired. And I think had I have gone a year earlier, been that quote-unquote possible first rounder my life path wouldn't have led me to here it would have led me to possibly meet you ej you know what i'm saying and being on this show tonight with mh and so i think that was a shoot your shot moment where i had to make a decision a grown decision because back in those draft days you know when you got slotted in the first round you were getting a lot of money and to kind of change that path and say let me honor a promise i made you know was kind of a big moment for me i think and a, and a title shift in my mindset and this is pre NIL. Oh, this, yeah. Oh, yeah. Official yeah, no, NIL. This, yeah, exactly. This, 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 this is two, official 2000. NIL. Yeah. Post post sanctions, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Not pre sanctioned Florida. <laughs> uh, Max, where did your, your love for sports start? Man, my love started, I mean, as a kid, man. I mean, you know, my mom wanted me out the house and I love running around. So, I mean, I started at a really young age. You know, like any kid, you start with soccer and little league baseball and basketball. And I tried out for a Pop Warner team and everything was good until I got on the scale. And they said, nah, you too big to play back when they had weight limits before City weight League. Limits. Yeah, that. exactly. So you, they was like, yeah, you can't even play in our biggest division. So so you know what I'm saying? So I played everything else. And I think that's what generated my love and why I'm always a big advocate for kids to play as many sports at a young age and figure out what you love, but also understand that it makes you use different parts of your body, your brain, you know, muscle groups, and allows you to be more versatile. I feel like that really helps with ultimate athleticism. So when, when was it that you got locked in with football? Was it middle school, high school? That was the time that it got converted there? Freshman year of high school. So how it happened, I was at Jones High School, historical black high school in Orlando one of the oldest and I was walking down the hallway. I went there, I took a magnet program so I could go play basketball at Jones high school. Mm. I'm walking down the hallway, the head football coach, he, he little short dude, Will Carlton, rest his soul. Um, 
walking down the hallway, looked like a bulldog mean, walking in the middle of the hallway. And he walked past me, and then he, like, stopped, and he just looked up at me and was like, hey, you, what do you do here? I was like, uh, I'm, I, what do I do here? I was like, uh, I'm a student. He said, he said what, what grade? I was like, freshman? And at that time, I was like 6'4", 245 God, as a freshman. Go. So he was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in the magnet program. I'm going to class, coach. He's like, no, 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 no. What sport are you playing? I was like, I play basketball, coach. Why don't you play football? I said, I never played it. Never played it. Never allowed to play it. I was like, the only way you're going to get me to play it is if you talk to my moms. <laughs> right? Facts. And, and so, so he was like, all right, okay, after school, meet, meet me over by blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even remember where he parked his, uh, his green pickup truck. Uh, he had a green pickup truck with a bulldog on, on the hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> and so he drives me to the house. Uh, he asked my mom, like, hey, you know, I'm Coach Carlton. I'm the head football coach. You know, I want your son to come try out for the team. She's like, nah, I can't let my baby get hurt. He's going there to play basketball. Nah, we're good. We're good. At Jones, we talked to Wally J, who was a co coach there, Wally Jones. Like, mm -hmm. we talked to him. We had an agreement. He was going to play basketball, blah, 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 blah. He's like, please. She's like, no. Next day happens. She's like, same thing. Drives me home, asks my mom again. Mom says no. And, and it kept going on. It went on for like four days. She finally said, all right, but don't let my baby get hurt. Take care. He's like, man, he, it's football, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember going out the first day and, you know, coach, coach knew what to do, right? Put me at tight end, threw me a couple passes, bah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. So I came home excited. Hey, mom, mom, it, mom right? I, I'm really loving this. I'm going to be a tight end. Da, 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 da. And she's like, Not oh, you. word. Okay. Got me. So I get there and they put me on, they put me on the freshman team. Cause like you ain't never played football. You know, you know, I know you know the rules, blah, 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 but we need to make sure you get some reps. So I remember my first game was against West Orange high school. And it was, it was a Thursday night game. You know, freshman always played on Thursdays cause you weren't good enough to play on Fridays yet. And so played Thursday. They put me a defensive end because our quarterback was was trash. I'm not even gonna lie to you. He couldn't throw the ball. So they're like, man, let's just put you on defense. Play defensive end. All you need to know is go hit the guy with the football. I said, All right, bet. Got it. Man, freshman. Now, mind you, freshman, 6'4, 245. Man, I was in the backfield all day. I had eleven, <laughs> I had eleven tackles for loss and had no clue what I was doing. I was just tackling the dude with the ball. And so oh, they were like, no. all right, well, uh, it was ha it was great having you. Um, you'll report to Coach Carlton tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, you, you you going up to varsity and you played in the varsity yeah. game. <laughs> this is the wrong night. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boy good. Uh, yeah, ah, about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we're sorry. I had to go to apologize to the coach because the kid's crying over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So then Love I go it. to the varsity and, you know, we had a bunch of guys who were actually really good. So the starting tight end, Victor Walters, um, Vic ended up going to, I want to say, he went to Howard or Fam as a tight end. And then we had Eric Powell who went to FSU. Um, Chris Woods was another defense alignment. So I was kind of behind all these dudes, um, Antonio Henry. And so I just remember, you know, I was just sit riding the pine, you know, I was just, you know, a backup, a freshman behind all these juniors and seniors. And then finally I got my shot in the Oak Ridge game. And they had a, they had a running back named Willie Joseph. Dude was the baddest dude in the city. I mean, he was lead, he was leading the, he was leading the state in rushing. He was a bad dude. So they're like, man, we about to get the doors blown off of us. So let's go ahead and put the freshman in, you know. And so they're like, all right, you need to go hit that running back. <laughs> so I'll never forget. I was lined up. I was lined up as as a right defensive end on the left side. They ran toss to the right, and I run up field. I'm like, oh, 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 where'd he go? And then I just book it, and I go in, and I'm running this dude down from behind. Dude is fast on the track team. <laughs> and he made a cut, and that was my shot to catch up. And then I just kept on a straight line, and he came right back in front of me, and I just remember leaping out, grabbing him over the top, and ripping him down backwards. Well, when I ripped him down backwards, I ended up tearing the tendon in my finger because I got it caught in the shoulder pads, you know, the uh, old school shoulder yeah. pads with the hook. Yeah. And I got yeah. the hook caught underneath. So I yeah. made the tackle, saved the touchdown. 
But I'm like, man, I'm shaking my hand. I'm like, it was a ball sitting in there from the tendon there. And I was like, oh, oh. man, my, my mom's going to be pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. So I came to the sidelines. And uh, Dr. Tom Winters was like our team um, physician. Yeah. So he looked at, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's a torn <laughs> tendon in the hand. And so I was like, dang it. I was like, the one time I get my chance to shine, I make a great moment. Boom, I'm injured. So I, I the rest of the year, I'm sitting there. I'm going to the games on the sidelines, dressed in my, my sweats, but I can't dress in a uniform. And I got this claw hand. <laughs> it's sitting there. Look like, a, hey, hey, you know, if you're from Florida, you know what highlight is. So I'm over there looking <laughs> like a highlight player with, with, with the crook hand and this cast. <laughs> And so now the basketball coach is pissed because I can't play basketball with this hook, even though I'm left-handed. I can't do anything with this. What am I doing with this? I can't block (laughs) nobody doing like that. So I just remember when it came basketball season, like I had to wait like the first half of the season. Then after um, January, after the Christmas tournament, then I was allowed to play. And so after that, I was like, man, I'm never playing football again, man. First time I get to play for real, I get injured. So, <laughs> man, left, left. And then I actually switched schools. I went, I, I ended up, my mom was like, okay, we're going to send you to a Christian school. You know, they, they had a good basketball team, let you go play there. You know, really try this. So I went to the Christian school for like four days. And I was like, man, they don't have basketball. I mean, they don't have football. They only got basketball. And even though they were they were semifinalists in the state a year ago, their center went on to play at UCF. They were mm. like, man, we need a center. And, man, if we got you, you're the missing piece. We're going to win state, you know, Uncle Rico style. So I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but then I was like, man, I, but y'all don't got football. Like, nah, we ain't got football. We're a small, you know, 1A school. Um, we don't, you know, we don't have enough kids to field it. So I was like, mom, man, I really, I really want to play football again. And, you know, something in me was saying, man, I want to play football. So I take Friday off from school and then I, I check back in because I was already assigned at Jones. So I go back to Jones on that Monday like I just missed a week of school. And I just remember going. I missed the first day of trials. But Coach Carl's like, all right, back to normal. You know, you're with the varsity and we're getting ready for the first game of the season after training camp and everything. And uh, school calls and says, um, Max, you've been suspended. I was like, for what? I was like, I got a, I got a 3.7 GPA. Like, I'm taking honors and, and, and advanced classes. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm ineligible. Like, I'm not allowed to play. I'm ineligible. Mm-hmm. So come to find out later, the athletic director at the other school had called and said yeah. that I switched schools illegally. Oh. And, that, and that since I missed the first day of tryouts, which was that Friday, because I took that day off from school, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be eligible to play eligible. that season. So I had to actually appeal it. So I had to wait half the season. I had to wait two months before I could go before the uh, Florida High School Athletic Association board to plead my case for an appeal. So we do it. They show up. They're like, oh, I don't know how this happened, Max, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, okay. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi. Twisty Next. lips on them, boy. Twisty lips. Yeah, exa- exa- exactly. I'm like, all right, bet. So I made my case, told them why. I had a good grievance about it because they didn't have a football program and I wanted to play football. So I was, I was eligible to then play that following week after I got back from the hearing. Man, I went in that first game. We were playing Tavares, and I had two blocked field goals, <laughs> two sacks. <laughs> I was I was pissed, and I made all conference that year off of, off of, off of five games that year. So, oh. so, yeah, so I, I was a terror. So now I found out I'm really a defensive end, not, not a tight end. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Because of that, um, and so and I remember after go. that, then I switched. Yeah, then I switched to a prep school, Lake Highland. They offered me a scholarship. They were yeah. a force, and then I ended up playing offensive guard um, all, all those two years, and we played a triple option. So I pulled every play, and then oh, I yeah, played defensive tackle. Smacking the shit out oh, of two way, and there's only twenty. There's only twenty two players on the team, so I was a two way right. player. Never left yeah. the field, and. Yeah, and then after my junior year, got some scholarship offers, and that yeah, that, that's how I would I say so. I would say you yeah, got yeah. some scholarship <laughs> offers. Yeah. Well, first of all, like you said, man, the the, the, the get off the bus test, right? Like you're yeah. passing that with flying fucking colors, and then yeah. um, 
just the, the raw dominance, man, for someone that didn't play it all yeah. through like Kiwi and things like that, man, that, that you're a natural, man. And like, you know, I'm pretty sure you later kind of found out like, well, hold on, like this is in my bloodline. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, damn, I didn't even know, like, Pops had it going on like that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, but, man. I mean, I didn't meet him till I was 17, so that's what made it even more interesting is that this was just a genetic thing that, you know, if you were a browner male, you played football, and that's just what you did. And so to fall into that line and not know it, you know, almost be like a black sheep to it, you know, because obviously my last name says Starks, like it does on mm -hmm. here, and to know my father was Ross Browner, you know, uh, later on in life, that was something that was kind of a major trip. Absolutely. So when you started getting these offers, man, um, how did you ultimately decide Florida? Prayer. <laughs> Prayer. Really? It literally came down to that. So how it happened, you know, I got all these offers in like my junior year. Um, and then I went to the Michigan football camp and I went to the Georgia football camp those summers. Okay. And so from there, like they were like, oh, yeah, we want to offer this guy. You know, Michigan actually wanted me to play defense. And then Georgia wanted me to play offense um, after their camp. But it was kind of crazy because the story, like with the Georgia camp, like I showed it to this Georgia football camp. And it was a seven on seven camp, but they told me it was like a lineman camp. So it was like me and a dude by the name of Albert Means, who was a top one of the top D linemen in the country in the, and especially in the mm -hmm. southeast. So it's just me and him doing one-on-one -on -one drills for like 20 <laughs> minutes and then we go in and then we go then we go into the weight room and we like lift and our day is over mind you all the other dudes the dvs wide receivers like safeties they're running routes all day these dudes coming in dog tired it's the summertime in georgia's hot as hell and we just in there like hey what's the problem we drinking gatorade sitting on the weight bench <laughs> <laughs> so you were originally so scouted under the Spurrier era, right? Like that's who originally Correct. now, did you get at least a year or so under him or was he kind of like, was that, that transition? Like how did that work for you when you ultimately got to Florida? So I, I ended up, I had, I had two years with Spurrier. So oh, two and before. Uh, yeah, uh, so, okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I had freshman year and sophomore year with him. 2000, we won the SEC championship game. We beat uh, Auburn. We go to the Auburn. sugar bowl. Uh, and then we have um, – and then, of course, we get to the thing with Miami, the whole brawl on Bourbon Street and all that stuff. And then second year, we, 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 uh, we don't win the SEC, but we get a bid because we're high enough, and we go to the Orange Bowl and play Maryland in the Orange Bowl my sophomore year and tore the brakes off of them. And then after that, that's when Spurrier was like, hey, uh, I think I want to make this jump to the NFL, go to the Washington Redskins. I know they're the Washington Commanders now, but then Redskins. <laughs> yeah, make sure we make that <laughs> distinction. And then no, no hate Ryan, mail, okay? Yeah, exactly. No hate, <laughs> no hate mail, no hate mail, no dots, no feathers. We're good. Um, so, so we, so we, so I get zooked my last two years. <laughs> nice. So for you in that time, man, like you know, bowl games, of course, are, are totally different, right? Back in our playing days, like you know, what yeah. you know, you get to it. There's like 50 million bowls, man. There's a like, you know, I got a blue shirt bowl, the lawnmower bowl, or whatever. But like, what's that like a really weed eater bowl? <laughs> all of that, right? Um, what's like a standout like bowl memory? And it doesn't have to be on the field, man, because it's just like it's awesome experience, right? Like to, to, to work the championships and then like to get that. But what's like a bowl experience, a, a top, a top couple, one, two, or you can, you know, whatever you feel like sharing. Man, man, listen. Um, so first one I'm going to say entertainment wise, Miami was off the charts. It was a Nokia sugar bowl at the time. And we was on we was on South Beach. They gave us jet skis on the beach. Like, first of all, you can't give, you know, young men yeah. full access to jet skis jet on skis. South Beach. That's just that was that that was wild. That was crazy. We had we had a good time. In though. your testosterone prime, like the best. Oh like, man, you get standing like you, up, you <laughs> doing circles, you trying to jump waves. I mean, I saw dudes fall off and just bite it. Dudes had to like take another jet ski out to help the guy get back on the jet skis. The dudes ain't never been on jet skis before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they over. Ah, 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 you have a life jacket on. You're not drowning. Stop it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that was like one of my favorite memories. Um, but the food wise, I mean, going to we went to the Outback Bowl my last two years, and you know, listen, as much as you know, think about early 2000s Outback like Kookaburra wings, 
the blooming onion, you know. It, it was like a revolution. You ain't never heard of that before, boy. Yeah, exactly. This was this was like my cheesecake factory before cheesecake factory. You know what I'm saying? Before, uh-huh. I, got, before I got a taste of that. And so, but at that point, I didn't want any more Outback Steakhouse for like the rest of the year. I was like, man, I gorged myself because they had because you know, in like the little player hospitality, man, they had food stacked on the wall, and you just go grab it whenever. You grab it. Right. Yeah. Same thing with the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> Popeyes was a sponsor. So there was so imagine this. You got an entertainment room full of a wall of Popeyes chicken. Get the Tuesday two piece special. Man, two p and you could go in there, you mix it, you put it like listen, I want all white. I don't want none of that dark. Let me let me get full breast and two wings. Like like you could mix and match whatever you wanted. So a lot of my bowl games were revolved around food consumption uh during awesome. those times. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, all of them were great. I was just blessed and fortunate. I got to play in four January one bowls in my time, you know, Um, and that was like that was like a huge honor. And we kept that streak for my entire class from freshman to senior year. Um, So that was a really cool opportunity for us. You know, never got the championship. Felt like my sophomore year was our best chance. But that was a year. That was a year of 9-11. And they moved the Tennessee game from week three to week 12 at the end of the year Mm. so we had just played fsu we lost Mm. our running back in that game and we went into that game john henderson was injured will overstreet was injured all these guys played in the league they weren't available week three but they guess what they were they were nice and healthy and and by the end of the year and (laughs) and boy i tell you what it was it was pure hell in that game we lost by two points on a two-point conversion um to, to go to go to the SEC championship and eventually would have went to the national championship that year. But it wasn't in the cards, man. It wasn't in the cards. That's that was for later. You and you played with Rex Rosen, right? Yep. Is I had Rex for I had Rex, I had Rex for three years. I had Jesse Palmer my first year as well when they were split yeah. doing the two QB system. And oh, I had Chris Leak my yeah. senior year. So okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So I mean we had some dogs on the team, man. We had we had some bona fide because Alex Brown was on that team, Andre mm-hmm. Davis. Um, Gerard Warren, uh, we had Lito Shepard, Kiwan Ratliff. I mean, Mike Pearson, Kenyatta Walker were both tackles that went in the league, of course. Rex, Ernest Graham. I mean, we had some dogs, man. We had some dogs. Jeff Chandler was our kicker, so we, we were we were we were a force back then, but just couldn't put it all together for the natty. So, the draft process going into the draft, how does that work when you have a bunch of teammates that are also going in the draft? Do y'all communicate the whole time through the process? Do you guys kind of do with your agents and on your own. How, how does that part work? So, I mean, for us, like we were, you know, our class, our 2000 class and the nine, nine guys that got registered, we were really close. So my class year, you had Kiwan Ratliff, Rand Carthon, Ben Troop, myself, Shannon Snell, Gus Scott, Kelvin, uh, Kevin, Kelvin Kite. Um, and all of us were kind of in that draft process. So we all kept in contact with, but we all went to different places to train. Like I came out to AZ to train, which is now where I live. And a lot of the guys either stayed at Florida or they went to their agents facility. You know, some guys went to New Orleans with Tom Shaw. Some other guys went to like D1 and stuff, Michael Johnson. And so, but we would come back, you know, because we still had to take classes in the spring. So we right. would come back. I come back for test days. We see each other. I work in the gym for like a couple of days and then go back. And then come comp, then come pro day time. You know, all of us are there together. We all going through the grind of, you know, whatever you didn't do well on at the combine or what you lied about being injured about. You, you go and do it at the time. <laughs> you go do it at pro day. Because um, that was back when the RCA Dome had turf. And, you know, for us, yeah. like, we didn't play on turf in the South. You know, mm-hmm. everything was grass unless you went to the actual SEC championship game. That's the only time you saw turf. And then at the Sugar Bowl, the only two times we ever saw turf. So mm. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't want to do this. RCA Dome had that crown back in the day, kind of like the old Deep Dallas crown, Stadium. Boy. Yeah. So I was like, they're like, yeah, man, it's, it's tough to run us. So I was like, nah, I got a hammy. I got a hammy. I'm going to do everything else, but I got a hammy when it comes to running. I can only run 10 yards. I can't run 40. <laughs> in the shuttle. Yeah, I can only do the shuttle. All yeah, right. I can only do the shuttle. Just, ah, 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 I'm good. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. All right, man. So jumping into uh, what we like to call um, in the game, right? This is where we talk about your career. So 2004, like you said, you actually stayed back. And so 2004 was actually your draft year, which even though you're in that, that was a hell of a class to be in, man. There's like, if you just think about the number and the names that like all throughout, even deep in the rounds, right? 
Yeah. Um, so we kind of talked about your, you know, your process of what it was like going through that. But you're ultimately drafted by the Steelers, man. So, like, how was that? And, I mean, you know, we can talk about your career. Like, we, we don't have to unless you want to. Yeah. But I want to focus on the Steelers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do want to give time and shot like you did spend some time with the Chargers, the St. Louis Rams, and then yeah. you ended with the Cardinals. But, anyway, so you get drafted by the Steelers. Tell me about that day. And did you have a, a super big suit ready to go? <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. I had six buttons down the front. Ah. You know, so it was loose and baggy. It was about two inches above the knee. I mean, it was pinstriped. I mean, I was Let's ready. Go. I was ready. And we go. got the suit custom made, big lapels. I mean, I, Steve Harvey would have been proud of me with, <laughs> with the suit that I had. Um, but, you know, it was funny because that day, you know, this is back when the draft was only two days, right? So the mm -hmm. first three rounds were in day one, and then day two was rounds four through seven. So they're like, oh, man, yeah, you're going to be good. You can be, you know, day one pick. You're, you're like top five tackles, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, bet. So I'm sitting there in the first round. I'm at my, I'm at, I'm at my, uh, my best friend's house with his mom. Like she wanted to do a whole party. So we all gathered over there. And then after that first round, names just went by. And I actually thought I was going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, because the Eagles interviewed me at, at Senior Bowl. They did another interview at Combine. They came down for Pro Day. They had they they came and did a private workout down at Florida, and they wow. took me on an official visit up to Philly. So in my head, I was like, I'm a Philadelphia yeah, Eagle, fly Eagles, fly. Like I, I am, I am just all the way in. Like these dudes are doing all the research, and so they so they come up in the draft. They're, they were like around like 18 in the draft, I think. So they jump up to 60. I'm like, oh snap, they jumped up for your boy. I'm like, man, they was no. <laughs> And then they draft Sean Andrews, offensive uh, guard, but he played tackle at Arkansas. And okay. so I was just, I was in the dumps. I was like, man, this sucks. This? I'm right. like, really? I'm like, really? Even though, you know, Sean, Sean was good for them um, at that time. I was like, man, I got, I could have played with a black quarterback again. You know, I want to play with McNabb. That would have been cool. Brian Dawkins, you know, like all these dudes. And then, so first round go comes and goes. Now we're in the second round. I'm like, all right, so I love you guys, but I need a little time to myself. So I go over to my best friend's house because he he had just graduated college a year before, so he had a little crib. So him and both my brothers, we all went over to his place, and we're watching the second round. And as they they just see my face, like the picks keep coming, and it's not me, you know. And I remember every dude that was drafted before me, you know, because for the oh, Raiders, wow. right, you took Robert Gallery, number one overall, right? Uh, at the number two pick, and of course, they y'all could have had Fitz, but it's all good. Y'all pick Robert Gallery. And then <laughs> in the top 10, Vernon Carey goes from Miami. And that's the second one. Sean Andrews technically is a guard. He's now the first guard off the board to the to the Eagles. And then Chris Snee goes the first pick of the second round to the Giants. And then there's like a big lull, and there's a run on defensive backs. And then at the end of the second round, they then take um, – Oh God, I'm, I'm forget. I forgot his name. Uh, went to USC, offensive tackle. They take him to, to the Dallas Cowboys. And then, so now that's the. Oh, and uh, also um, Jake Grow goes to the Raiders as well, center. So that's all the linemen taken. Now we start in the third round, and so I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, well, I guess, I, 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 I guess, I get, I guess we strike it out to the bar, fellas, because this day is over with. It looks like I'm gonna be a day two pick, and so first two picks go off the board. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm done with this, man. Let's just leave. I'm about, I, we, we about to go tie one on. I'm about to go find some Long Island iced teas and some Incredible Hulks, and I'm gonna forget about this. Let's and go so, Incredible Hulks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as we're walking to the door, my 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 Sprint cellular phone with the pull up antenna is like four one two number. I'm like, man, what the hell? Four one two. And so my boy was actually born in Pittsburgh. He's like, man, pick that up. That's Pittsburgh area code. That's Pittsburgh. So I pick up the phone and it's like, hey, uh, could you wait? Uh, Coach Cowers making a decision. I'm like, you called me. Why are you telling me to hold on? You know. And so, so and then and then my boy and my brother run back to the to the TV and there and and so they see what's happening. And but they ain't saying nothing to me because the pick is on the board. And so Coach Cower gets on the phone. He's like, Hey, this is Coach Cower. Just wanted to ask you a question. He was like, Do you mind playing in cold? I said, 
do I mind playing? I said, is there there a football out there? He's like, yeah. I said, well, let's roll. I mean, I'm not afraid of a little little cold weather. I mean, I'm here to play football, coach. He's like, good. That's the only answer you could have given me because you're about to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. It's like, congratulations, welcome to the team. (laughs) So so I'm like, what? So then I run to the TV. It's only like a little 10-second delay. And they put, you know, everything down. They show it. I'm like, oh, my God, my mom's now calling me. She's like, where are y'all at? You need to come back and celebrate. We headed to the bar, Mom. I'm bar, Mom, we out. We are out of here. And we go into the bar. And the bar actually happened to be a Steelers bar. I had no clue that it was a Steelers mm. bar. So I walk in there. They're like, you, but you're, you, like man look around this bar before and then come back and talk to me and i looked around the bar they had all kinds of steeler stuff franco harris jack lambert like man you good you drinking for free all night you are on my favorite team (laughs) and so we we had a heck of a night we had a heck of a night (laughs) that's beautiful (laughs) that's beautiful Talk, talk. I mean, we'll get into the specifics on the career in, with the Steelers, but talk about being drafted by one of those organizations. Obviously, the Steelers, the, the Raiders, the Cowboys. Those are the Packers. Some of the founding, I guess, fathers of of organizations in the NFL. How what was that feeling like? I mean, you know what's what's crazy is it makes like, you know, I knew who the Steelers were, and I remember my first vivid like Super Bowl memory, like sitting down watching the game was Steelers Cowboys, um, Super Bowl Thirty, and but I didn't know that much about the Steelers. And so I kind of did like my research after that and, you know, reading about the four Super Bowls and understanding where they're at. Then I also read like they had like cut the previous like second round picks. And then I'm nervous about <laughs> like going in here, but it was the history. And then knowing that they only had like two head coaches at this time, Chuck Knoll yeah. and then coach Cower. I was like, man, they really, they really keep their coaches and like understanding like the mystique and the gravitas of playing for his organization. And then you realize that, you know, the Rooney family and kind of their founding back in 1933 and how they're one of the few families. Cause like the, another team that you mentioned, like the Maras, you know, as far as yeah, that original, Giants, like in yeah, the family yeah. type yeah, of mm-hmm. type of organization. And then of course their ties together, the Maris and the Rooney's right. and the whole Irish right. Catholic thing um, was something that was like, it was really cool to like understand the history. And I really didn't grasp it until I got there. You know, I get to the facility for the first time, and you just start reading the history and just looking up more information because, you know, dial-up was still a thing back when I got drafted. So, you know, you didn't want to waste your time just hit, hitting the AOL browser all day. So to be able to go there, they had books and stuff you could just grab and read. Um, it was really cool to understand the history of this organization. And it gave you a bigger sense of pride when you went there because you knew what it was and you knew what they expected. Yeah. And when you walk up there the first time and you see them four Lombardi sitting behind glass – and you just like, okay, championships is an expectation here. It's, it's, it's you know, we'll be later to be known as the standard by Mike Tomlin. Like, that's just what we do. And so, so yeah. With that, <laughs> I got two questions. One, how does it feel to have brought two of them, right? Like, not only to play for a, a, a franchise yeah. like that, but to bring two of them there, right? Like, you know, a lot of athletes, right? Like they've, we talk on our show to a lot of different athletes and, and, and sometimes just getting there is hard. Right. But to yeah. get there and win too, like how, how, how is that man? Just for, for, for the stories and just kind of like the experience, yeah. like it's just amazing, man. So talk to about that. And then after the second one was like, give me your favorite Tomlinism. Okay. But yeah, you know, so I mean, it, it was, I mean, it's tough to describe, like, you know, because I had some amazing teammates. And listen, if it wasn't for the guys that I played with, we wouldn't have been in that situation. I mean, we got guys who already got gold jackets now and guys who are on their way to getting gold jackets. I mean, that's how special our team was. And, you know, without them and just kind of being, you know, as I, I like to tell people, now, I say, just do your 111th and good things happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, do your 111th on the field, do your job. And so I was blessed and fortunate to go into a room that was a very veteran room as a young guy and have a lot of guys as mentors along the way. So they taught me how to be a professional. They taught me how to attack practices, how to watch film, how to take good notes that you can that you can lean on and, and, and use later um, in your mind. And so Barrett Brooks was one of those guys for me. Barrett, longtime journeyman in the league, came from Kansas State, played a lot of time with the Eagles, came over. Um, to the Steelers 
And, you know, he just kind of took me under his wing. But, you know, when you play across from guys, you know, when I first got there as a rookie, you know, I'm playing against Joey Porter, Clark Hagens, Casey Hampton. Rest in peace, Clark. Yeah, RIP. That I mean, that, that was my that was my twin because we we had the same birthday, January 10th. Oh, um, I, I love Clark Hagen. <laughs> yeah, man, Clark, one of a kind, boy. I mean, the one party didn't kind, start till he till he walked in, man. And I know I know he is jugging in heaven right now. So that part, uh, yes, absolutely. He he's definitely he got Mo he got Moses a little drunk. I believe that. I believe that. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, but, Clark. Oh. Yeah, I know, yes. man. I know it just it hits a special spot. But you know, like Brett Keys was a young dude on that team. Oh, James Harris. Yeah, <laughs> Kiesel and James Harrison are core four special teamers. They're not even playing on defense. Playing they're just time. they're just on the core four special teams. That's how good our oh. team was. And then James Ferrier, Larry Foot. You got a young oh, Troy Palomalu, a young Ike Taylor, um, Deshae Townsend, Chad Scott, uh, Chris Hope. I mean, we had a, we had a heck of a defense squad. Clint Crewald, of course, Aaron Smith. I mean, you know, we had we had some dogs on that squad, and so. To go and practice against them, man, they, they made me a better player. Um, and I didn't dress the first four weeks of the season. So okay. I was in sweats. Um, you know, Barrett Brooks was was the, was the, was the backup tackle. Chucky Kobe was the – they were the two swing guys. And I remember one game Barrett just said, hey, man, listen, I got to get you up to speed because I'm just holding your spot for you. Like, understand yeah. that. Like, this ain't my spot. I've done my due. He's yeah. like, this is, this, is, this is supposed to be your spot. So you need to go show them that you're ready to take on this mantle. And so that just fired me up. And so I remember I got my first jersey um, against Philadelphia when they were undefeated that year in 04. And it came yeah. to Pittsburgh. And I just remember, I was like, man, I, could, I was excited. I was on extra point field goal. Thought I was doing so. I was a jumbo tight end. And, ah, man, the first time they called end, okay. Yeah, back <laughs> to the tight end, I made it back. No, hand, no hands, all blocks. <laughs> <laughs> And so I remember I got I was on Javon Curse, my fellow classmate at University of or my fellow alumnus at University of Florida. And the first play, man, I just caved him down. I was I was like, man, I had all that pent up NFL energy. I was like, man, we about and I just remember hitting him and we win that game and then kind of progressing. And then I win the job my second year. You know, I played all, you know, at right tackle um that entire season. And we fought. I mean, we did it for Jerome and to go to Detroit and then Give him that ultimate blessing, that fairy tale ending to his story was something oh. I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget that. And then it, it becomes my story the second time around because we because we go to Tampa, mm -hmm. and as an Orlando boy, that's the closest I'm gonna get to home. So mm -hmm. I was like, this is my homecoming game. This Super Bowl against the Cardinals was my moment. This is for me. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this. Hey, hey. I love all of you, but this is personal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I, I little little focus here on seven eight. And so I just remember that moment being on the field and winning that it was, it was the ultimate because when you win one and Tom Brady said it best, he's like, what's, what's the best feeling about winning a Super Bowl?" He said the next one It's truly that infectious. Once you get that ultimate high of competition, you've hit the, you've hit the, the peak of the sport. Like there's no trophy bigger than the Lombardi trophy in football. Like, that's just it. Now, when we get to flag football with the Olympics, that'll matter a little bit more to a degree. But you play you play for that silver Lombardi. And so, you know, I, I just think about that. And I can't believe that was a childhood dream realized. I mean, that's essentially the best way you could say it. it was a fantasy come true. And um, and I, I'm forever grateful to my teammates for that. But I will say favorite Tomlinism, two dogs, one bone. Yeah, we've heard that. We've heard yeah, that. We've heard we heard that. We got two dogs and only one. Who's going to dress? Who's going to dress? <laughs> yeah, who's going to get that yeah, bone? Hey, yeah, yeah. So along with you know, you know, you're playing right. Like, so we did talk about the other teams and like, what was the choice for you to stay in Arizona without getting? And maybe this will be a transition into kind of the second part of your career. But what was the reason? Because a lot of people like you want you bring two chips to Pittsburgh. You know, why not? You know, you know, pull up roots in Pittsburgh at least part time. You know, um, yeah. you, you stayed in Arizona, and is it for some of the health reasons? Right? Because we have a lot of retired athletes here in las vegas as well in arizona just because you know you hear about some of the um physical benefits that it provides for you know 
playing those tough days. Like I know your I know your knees talk to you some days. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They bark. They they're barking today too. Um, but no, I I think it was. I'm from the south. I'm used to heat. I was you know I like cold, but I didn't want to live in cold. Like I didn't want to have to scrape snow off a car. I didn't even know how to do that uh, for the <laughs> longest time. And so for me, I was like, I want to go someplace. I love the mountains. I love the scenery. Like you said, the air is drier. It's better on your joints. But, you know, I just, I did not want to. And, and I came here and trained every off season. So I was always that, here as soon as the training. season was over. So I was used to it. I bought my first place here. And so that was really my introduction to it. I just fell in love. I was like, man, this is a place I want to, you know, I want to retire to. And I always came here as soon as the season was over. And I was here until I was mandatorily required to be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I love it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to jump into the quick hits. Um, unless you have another question, it's up to you. We can jump into it so we can get. Absolutely. Yeah. We want to respect that time, man. We know you're yeah. on a. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> so, it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Image, yeah. uh, uh, get, get him with the quick hits. Two quick questions. Uh, okay. Ray or Spade? Oh, boo ray all day. We booing. Now, mind you, I am a seasoned spade player because I'm from the South, and I'll be going to my boy's spade tournament on the 20th of this month. <laughs> but, you know, boo ray is the game that you play when you're trying to make make up some uh, some lost deficits of uh, the cash variety. Spades is what you play so you could have bragging rice and talk mess and eat barbecue. I got you. We, we, we've heard some boo ray stories. Uh, on this show. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh and then uh first time if ever you were starstruck. Maybe this is back to the childhood type area. Oh man. Um I think first time I met Shaquille O'Neal was probably like my starstruck moment. You know, being in Orlando growing up like two blocks away from the arena. Um the first time Ooh, I met Shaquille. That close. Nice. Yeah, I was that yeah. Our family, you know, because they built it right downtown, and back then that was still an urban metropolis back then. And so my family, actually, my great-grandfather built his funeral home in 1934 on that block, and then they just happened to build the arena a couple of blocks over. But um, meeting Shaq for the first time, I had written him a letter in eighth grade asking for some shoes, shoes. and he sent me, like, this huge box of shoes. So I was forever grateful. That was before I even met him. Then I meet him in person, and that was, like, a cool experience uh, for me. That was the first time I was really starstruck. Right on, right on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So um, I have a couple questions for you, too, man, in the quick hit okay. round, man. All right. So All right. Yeah. Um, Campbell's Soup or Super Donut? Oh, I mean, Campbell's Chunky Soup. That's what I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate the royalties off of that. So and so I, that's what's going to ask. Are you still yeah. get, so, so for the listeners that don't know, I mean, all of our Steelers people know about the, the mom – can't doing the this chunky soup commercial with the old or was it old line yeah. mom or mom? Yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah. Team, team mom, yeah, team mom, team mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and then, but you know, you also had super donut, which was uh, interesting. I've never heard of the like this protein packed donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the Campbell's chunky soup one came about. Um, ben was actually Ben and his mom were actually supposed to do it, mm. but Ben but Ben had the motorcycle accident that happened like about two weeks before the shoot. Before. So they were like, hey, whose mom is in town and can do it? And before anybody else said anything, I was like, my mom can do it. My mom can do it. She'll be, she, she's here. She's actually back at my house. Mind you, my mom is all the way in Orlando, Florida at this time. I re and they're like, all right, well, if she could be here tomorrow for the, for the test, I called my mom as soon as I walked out. I said, mom, go to the airport and call me. You need to get on any flight that gets to Pittsburgh right now. I'm paying for it. Get up here. She had no clue what it was. And then she gets here. She's like, what was it for? I'm like, do you want to be the Campbell's Chunky Soup Mom? That was something that she always wanted. She uh, wanted to man. be that. And so I tell her, and then she is just over the moon, and she gets to be the Campbell's Chunky Soup Mom for that two-year campaign. Uh, and uh, it, it was awesome to be able to do that for my mom, man. So, But Super Donuts, RIP, Franco Harris. I mean, Frank, well, I tell you, the salt, the salt of the yeah. earth human being. So Franco had his had his had his super bakery in Pittsburgh. And so he came up with the concept to help um, free and reduced lunch kids, struggling impoverished kids at school, have something that was healthy as an option for them to eat at school since they couldn't get breakfast or maybe they didn't have breakfast. So he instituted this program in all the Pittsburgh public schools. He sent these donuts and he created a batter that was a protein rich whey powdered batter. 
and created donuts from. So he made a healthy donut, put vitamins and minerals infused in it so they could have something healthy in the morning that could sustain them at least until lunchtime. And so that's how Super Donuts were born. Oh, wow. And, and, yeah. And so then he asked, hey, Max, you want to do the campaign? I was like, absolutely, Franco. You know, and so I did the campaign. So they did like the little cards and stuff. And so so I was I was blessed and fortunate that Franco blessed me with the opportunity to represent his uh, his Super Donuts. Awesome. And this is more of an experience, but then the, the quick hit is your, your name off of it. So what is the infatuation with athletes and WWE, right? So oh. you, <laughs> so you were on WWE as a guest host with Ben, uh, where you guys were on, I think Monday night raw and it was him yeah. and the whole starting line after you guys won the super yeah. bowl. But what is your, you have actually a WWE name. So share with our audience what your WWE <laughs> Name is. <laughs> so, I mean, every kid grows up loving it. And back when I, you know, back when I started, it was WWF, you know, Correct. before World, World Wildlife Foundation wanted to take it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Panda, pandas, pandas overhead butts. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, but, you know, W, it was something I grew up in that era where, you know, 80s, I mean, it was Hulk Hogan, it was Andre the Giant, Iron Sheik, Jake the Snake Roberts, Big Boss Man, Ultimate Warrior, right? I mean, you had all of these big names and it was the attraction. It was the, it was the choreography. It was the pageantry. We were obsessed with it. So then when you become an adult, you know, that doesn't really go because you had the Attitude Era. So yeah, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock and all these dudes. And so it just, it was one of those things. It was, it was an infatuation. And then you get to the league and you know, I remember the first time, even before we did the guest uh, manager job with Ben, it was they would come to Pittsburgh and, you know, we go to the matches and we get tickets right behind the ring announcers and everything. We'd be sitting there right up against the wall. And I just remember I, I built a relationship with Jonathan Coachman, who was the coach back then. Yeah. So me and coach like exchanged <laughs> numbers. So anytime they came to town, they'd be hit me up like, hey, Max, man, hey, what we doing after after the fights? So we'd be backstage kicking it. And, um, you know, I'd make sure I find a bar that they could go chill and hang out and unwind a little bit after, after the show. And so, you know, Ben develops a, a good relationship with triple H mm -hmm. and, uh, and Stephanie McMahon. So we're back. We're, so we're on triple H's like tour bus. That's right. Bow, bow him, him and Sean, like <laughs> the X generation. And so then they, he gets a call like, Hey man, they want me to come guest manager, but I want all you guys to come with me. The old line. So we're like, dope. Bet we out there. So it was like, where are we going? They said Wilkes Bear. I said, where? <laughs> <laughs> like it is it's like east going in between, going to, right? Isn't it? Yeah, like in between yeah. pits and between, um, you know where you know, and here's how we he we reference it. Remember the office in Scranton? <laughs> like Wilkes Bear is right next to Scranton. So we're like, oh, so we're going to Dunder Mifflin to do this. <laughs> and so so they they like WWE sent the jet for us. And we flew there, man. We had a blast, you know, getting to hang out with the big show, Shawn Michaels, and really understanding kind of how the shows work and everything. So it was a really cool experience. And those guys are awesome dudes. Um, and they really showed love to us. And we just, you know, we tried to make it as fun as possible. But it was cool to get out there in front of the crowd, go over. The, I, I made the mistake of going over the top of the ring ropes. And if you're not experienced, you're supposed to go in the middle Unless you're like Big Show, who's like seven yeah, foot Big four, yeah. you Big can Show go can over. There. You can go yeah, over a corner. So I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I'm a I'm a go, and I racked myself so bad. How's your mouth, Mr. Jones? <laughs> I, I'm just. I was just so happy that we did a walkthrough, so I didn't do a live. But then when it came live, I went through that second. I went above the, the second one, and the third one. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's go ahead, let's keep the children intact. But um, uh, but now it was cool. So my nickname was the Undertaker growing up. Because I, because like I said, my great grandfather started a funeral home back in 1934, so that was the family business in Orlando. So I grew up, and I remember I drove a hearse to school my junior year, and all my all my classmates, everybody was scared of me. So, and then I went to practice that day, and I just I just picked the dude up and just slammed him. I don't know why I was mad. I was just mad. I don't know. And so they're like, "Dang, you buried him just like the Undertaker. This dude's the Undertaker from now on." So that's how it kind of got started, and the Undertaker name just kind of stuck. Fucking love it. All right. Well, hey, man, in progression, man, we want to kind of rapid fire some of these because we want to okay. talk about what you're doing right now, right? So right yeah. now, man, you're um, an analyst, and I mean, you're everywhere. I mean, ESPN, iHeartRadio, Westwood One, the Steelers, college football, so everything everywhere. like that, man. Yeah. So how did you get into um, the media that way? 
And why did you choose kind of like starting radio versus TV? And like, I know you're getting more into TV and doing a little everything, but how'd you get your start? So it, it was actually during the season. They had an opening for a radio show on Tuesday nights um, in Pittsburgh. They needed a Steeler player to do it. Um, I agreed to do it with Joe Bindle. And uh, we did it for a couple of years um, for Trib Radio. Um, that was my first start. And then after that, um, when guys on my team couldn't make their shows or whatever, so like I filled in for like Hines on his show. I filled in for Jerome on his show. They did like a four-man rotation when they were trying to figure out who's going to take over it next. Um, so I did a lot of that local media. You know, Stan Saverin, the late, great Stan Saverin, um, would have me on his show on FSM Pittsburgh back in the day and then when it went to Root Sports. So I just had a knack for doing it while I was an active player, but then I went to the broadcast boot camps. I went to the journalism camps trying to figure out what do I want to do next. And then when retirement hit, I just remember, you know, from my boot camp days, like, hey, just go volunteer to do whatever at all the stations locally. So I remember I went to every single radio station in AZ asking if I could just get on air and just talk football. Nine of them turned me down. One said yes, um, eventually. But the first guy, the first time I got a gig was a guy by the name of Jude LaCava with Fox 10 out here get asked if I wanted to do the post game of the Cardinals on Fox 10 since Fox was carrying all the NFC games. So I was like, oh, of course. So that was my first step into it. Um, after I'd interned at 120 Sports in Chicago and I did like a whole bunch of internships, that was the first one locally. And so I did that. Then from there, it led to me getting the radio opportunity to be a fill-in. And then from there, uh, Trey Essex, you know, uh, put me on because he was doing like division three college football. So he couldn't make a game. So he made a recommendation that I could do it. That was my first step into it. And then 120 sports, which was not, which was, and then became stadium. Um, oh, yes. it was like, Hey, we need somebody to do conference USA football. Would you mind doing a couple games, do a couple games? Then I start, I'm the lead guy for them for years. And then I get the call three years ago from the Steelers and ESPN radio at the same time. Hey, we're looking to fill a role. I was like, absolutely. I'll audition. So I auditioned for them. ESPN radio was looking for a role. I auditioned for them and I got both of them. I was like, well, which one is more important? I said, well, the Steelers one is more prominent because that's based in my career. So like, so ESPN came back and said, how about this? We'll put you on college and because we still want you to be a part of the company. And then when you're not calling games on Sundays for the Steelers, we'll put you on NFL games. And so that's what I've been doing the last three years. And then I've been working for Sirius XM for the last six years, uh, full-time college and pro stations. Um, and it's just been building from there. Um, and so I've just been blessed and fortunate to make a lot of relationships. And like you said, just continuing to grind in the direction of my passion. And I've loved, you know, I love every bit of it. I tell people I don't work every day. I, I get to do what I love. I get to do my passion and talking to people, sharing my story, sharing the, the, the sport that I love so much has given me so much. This is my way of giving back to the sport by educating and entertaining people that also share that same fandom. Yeah, in journalism and entertainment, what, what do you think the next step for you is? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the next step is, you know, just, just <laughs> go ahead and take, take over the world like Pinky and the Brain. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but I think the next step would be to have to have an opportunity to have a prominent permanent space. I think, you know, where I can create content, where I can do things to really show off my multifacets because I'm a huge comic nerd. So I love Marvel. I love pop culture. I love movies and stuff and kind of intertwine that with sports. I think is probably my next thing that I would love to get to, um, you know, not, not straying far away from the main thing, you know, always keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's football, thing. which I love, you know, but I would love to call an Olympics. I'd love to do the Olympics one day. That's on my bucket okay. list of, of things to broadcast and commentate, um, especially now that we know flag is going to be in the LA Olympics. Um, you know, I was a kid that grew up around track and field. I love basketball. I was a ball boy for the magic. So I've been around basketball has been a part of my life since a very young age. So I would love to do that one day, just to be able to say, I called an Olympics um, would be an amazing feat. So that, that those are probably the two things on, on the precipice for me. There you go. Reach out to your girl, Maria Taylor, man. She made that big jump, boy. She disappeared and came back on the Olympics. I'm like, God, now that's a player <laughs> move right there for you. Yeah, exactly. But put, put, put the big foot out there. <laughs> put the big toe out. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, 
you talk to any of the guys that kind of jumped in. So it's funny, Ben uh, Troop, who was on, who you played with, he's actually been on the show. Um, oh you know, my he gosh. Does, yeah. He's doing right, hilarious, by the way, when he had, when that, he had him that on was the show. my roommate. That was my roommate in college, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Junior year. We moved off campus together. Oh my God. Yeah. Me and Troop, we got, we got way too many stories for this show. Uh, you should have hit him up before we got you on. Man. I know, I know. Troop, Troop, Troop's my dog, and I still talk to Troop a whole lot, man. That's that's my boy. Yeah. So, and then I mean, of course, Ryan Clark, you played with, and he's doing yeah. The, yeah. between the TV. He's got like five shows on ESPN. Oh, he's, Jama- he's and Jamaican. He's full blown and... Jamaican now. Yeah. Just want an job. Got an Emmy doing NFL Today. I mean, he he, you know, hey, RC has put in the work. Now you talk about a grind. Like I thought I grinded. RC is the epitome of grind. And I mean, and he's still the most humble, you know, person mm. I know. I mean, you know, there, that doesn't get to him. He knows where his roots are and he he's, he's a great person and he he's willing to take the shirt off his back to help you, you know? And I think that's one of the things that makes him so great at what he does is that he never loses sight of where he came from. And he understands it's a blessing and opportunity and not an expectation and he treats it as such on his daily routine and how he goes about his walk of life. So, you know, big ups to Ryan. I love when I get a chance to talk to him um, and we just kind of share, you know, just life stuff. And uh, he's been a great resource for me. Willie Cologne, another guy, um, oh, you know, my little bro. Because I, I sent yeah. you that clip. I was laughing. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, well, well yeah, look, listen, that, that, that's if, if you could sum up Willie, that is Willie. He's going to tell you exactly what's right here in the front of his brain. He's not going to filter it. No filter. So, straight. Yeah, no filter. Straight. Hey, hey, no chaser. All He wants straight gasoline. <laughs> so with that, but just kind of go back to RC, man. So we're getting yeah. out of here. So thank you so, so much man, for this, man. We really truly yeah, appreciate man, my it. Pleasure, don't want to get pleasure. away about all the things that you do, right? Like foundation, always giving back. You gave back during your time in the Steelers. You continue to get, get yeah. back in partnership with your mom, helping you create the foundation in the summer camps, the reading literacy. But RC, you guys also did like a blood drive because people, some people know like, you know, he fought sickle cell and had those different traits. Yeah. So um, any kind of foundational things you want to talk about, we want to kind of give you that little plug to just, you know, we're going to put it in the show notes yeah. so people can kind of be abreast when things are coming to their city or at least just follow you. So we'll put all that in the show notes. But just yeah. give us like, you know, 30, a minute on, on your foundation, man, because we'd be remiss yeah. to get out of here without talking about that. Yeah, so in Pittsburgh, I started my charitable fund um, under the Pittsburgh Foundation. I was the youngest donor to ever start a fund with them. And I thank the late Dwight White for helping me with that. He was one of my mentors when I was in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, service was just something I was used to growing up. When you grow up in, in an in a undertaker household, you know, you're already, you know, in, in the community. You know, you're servicing people at their most vulnerable moments. So my mom really instilled at an early age the sense of service. So you know, every holiday we'd be down in Salvation Army making meals and serving food to people, passing out toys during toy drives. And so took that to college. We did the Gator Literacy Program um, with with our with our Student Athlete Association. And that was something I really thought was important was to be able to go into these communities and help kids because literacy is one of the biggest issues, especially in Florida, when you only have a 48 percent literacy rate. Um, there's still a need there. And I just remember my senior year at Lake Highland or my junior year at Lake Highland, we had to come up with a program for our high school. And we came up with a program to go into failing elementary schools and get them ready to take the test so they could get better grades so they could get more funding. And so that program is actually funny, still around at Lake Highland, even 20 plus years later. Uh, but it was a group of eight of us that came up with that idea. And so literacy has kind of been a part of my life. So when I had the opportunity to go pro, mom was like, well, we can still make a difference. You can still do things here. So we created the charitable fund. We started doing football camps with, with book drives in Orlando. And we just finished our 17th year of doing it. Um, so we've, we passed out over 30,000 books in the, in the, in the five counties of central Florida. Um, and now we have reading rallies in, in all five counties. We also culminated with the football camp and also like a Q and a forum, but we also teach kids about clearing houses, um, about understanding SAT and ACT scores and how you can actually scale those things up at a younger age and you can guarantee your scholarship money before you even get to your junior, senior year of high school. You can already have that banked with your ACT scores because I think a lot of people think, you, oh, you have to take it your junior, senior year. You only can only take it once. You can take it as early as the fourth grade and you can keep taking it every year and it only improves. It never goes down. Right. So right. you get the numbers and the money. So that's something we've tried to add 
And then there's just more and more stuff that, that we're adding on to the programs. But it's been a blessing to do that for almost two decades now and service my community back home in Orlando. Awesome, man. So really quick, one quick quote you live by. <sighs> Make each day count. There That's it is. It. Make each, Make day, each count. day count. MH, final thoughts? Appreciate you, Max, man. I appreciate your time, man. It's been an honor talking to you, and uh, hopefully we get you back on here. Nah, absolutely, man. EJ knows where to find me. I ain't hard to find, so definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, we wanted to hit you with some. some oh, yeah, that's we got to do. Well, we can have a part two. We can have a part two. We can have a part. We can call this part one. <laughs> there is part one because we definitely want to talk to you about that Florida document too, boy. But anyway, oh that's, this is, man, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, we'll this is part next, one. We'll next week. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, hey, cool. Maxi, always a pleasure and a blessing, man. Thank you so, so much. Um, you know, so we want to thank our guests and we want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. You know, Max sharing that other side to you, man. He's always available. Please catch him. We're going to put all of his platforms, uh, social, the website, if you want to get involved with the nonprofit, where you can catch him on uh, his other shows and outlets. So please, please stay tuned for that. And always know we drop a new show every Thursday. So congratulations. You got to the end of this show. Uh, please follow us on YouTube, please, because visual representation matters. If you see it, you can be it. And know that we're anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So that's Spotify, iHeart, <laughs> Google, uh, on the moon, damn it. We everywhere you can listen to listen to podcasts. Apples, please. oranges, everything. <laughs> all of them. All, all of them. Um, all but as we always say, man, please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all this black sky is sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. 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 Yeah, show me I'm rooting for everybody's black Smack bouts for racks, our handmade new rags Show me I'm rooting for everybody's black It's everybody from sports to college class to rap and battle